I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Deconstructing Gratitude, Part 1, Filling the Half-Empty Glass In 1913, the book Pollyanna, written by Eleanor H. Porter, debuted. The main character, an orphaned girl, falls victim to an accident that leaves her unable to walk. As the story unfolds, Pollyanna manages to find something to be grateful about every day, despite her limitations. On her journey, she experiences two kinds of reactions from onlookers. Admiration and love from those who empathize with her challenging condition and other troubled souls who are annoyed by it, to the point of ridiculing or not trusting that her gratitude was truly genuine. We have scoffers and optimists in the real world today as well. I think it's safe to say Pollyanna no doubt worked on her attitude of gratitude, and we ought to do the same. We, like Pollyanna, don't automatically gravitate to postures of thankfulness. We must make gratitude a practice and a lifestyle. When we do, we can be filled with an everlasting hope and a joy that is unavailable from any other source. And sometimes we can even win over a scoffer or two. Sadly, our world is also permeated with attitudes of ingratitude. They are prevalent throughout the history of God's people. In Exodus, we see the rescued nation of Israel grumbling to God's spokesperson Moses about harsh conditions in the wilderness. The Israelites' short-term memory about their horrific time as slaves faded from memory as new troubles appeared on the horizon. The same can be true for us. Without setting our intentions to be grateful, we fail miserably at attempts to cultivate perpetually thankful hearts. Let's take a moment to deconstruct gratitude. Defined, gratitude refers to a readiness to show appreciation for kindness. For the Christian, thankfulness is a natural outpouring of what God did for us when He sent His Son to redeem and rescue. This gift alone is one we can heartily be grateful for each and every day, no matter what our circumstances look like. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 5.20 to give thanks in all circumstances for it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And in Colossians, he reminds us to do everything in the name of Jesus out of a spirit of thankfulness. There are secondary blessings to be thankful for as well. These mostly include our daily needs, such as food, clothing, and shelter. In the third world, such blessings are not always guaranteed and may fluctuate depending on any given day. In America, it's quite easy to take such blessings for granted. I had a friend who told me she once made a point of thanking God every night for the comfortable bed she was able to climb into and enjoy a secure night's sleep. It's a habit she kept up until the end of her life. When we take time to thank God for even the small things, it changes our attitude. A half-empty glass may look more like a half-full vessel once we shift our thinking. Many of us are thankful for God's provision, employment, our loved ones, the corporate church, and other blessings of community. This particular blessing of community disappeared during the pandemic, so in light of what was lost, it was easier to be grateful for it once it was restored. Employment, 
provision, and even family members may be altered through circumstance in our broken world. But when we enter into God's presence, the Holy Spirit prompts us with reminders of the inimitable goodness of God all around us. Paul wrote of being content and grateful in any situation from a Roman prison cell around the year 60 AD. Though he could have easily complained, he actually referred to his situation as a momentary trouble. While under his extended house arrest, he composed what are referred to as the prison epistles. These four letters include some rich inspirations about joy in the midst of challenge. He says in Philippians 2, 17-18, But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. He continues on to say, And I want all of you to share in that joy. And in Colossians 1, 11-12, we are told to be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Giving thanks in the midst of adversity is never easy, but it is always godly. After all, our goal to attain holiness over basking in happiness is what we should be striving for. James put it best when he reminded us to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Join me in cultivating a thankful heart as we press through adversity, thanking God for all the blessings He bestows on us. I'd like to read an excerpt from my first book, The Side Door, and it's entitled, Thanking God in a Systematic Way. The tortoise and the hare serve as a lasting testimony to running the sprint and the marathon. In a world of instant gratification, we hop on the treadmill one day and forego the gym for a Netflix marathon the next, or save money one month and dip into the kitty 30 days later. Resolve to eliminate sugar, only to dive into some ice cream before the ink is wet on our list of resolutions. We are, after all, human. We are surrounded by the temptation of satisfying our every desire instantaneously. Adopting a systematic approach to gratitude-filled living is the key to a thankful existence. There are many ways to incorporate thanksgiving into everyday life. When we wake up and are thankful that God has given us another day on this earth, we start out with the right mindset. Morning prayers of thanksgiving during our quiet times also offer a structure for thanksgiving in our lives. The teaching pastor at our church has a daily reminder to set his phone at a time in the day when he says he's most prone to frustration and thanklessness. By seeing a visual reminder pop up on his phone, he is reminded to take the focus off himself and his wants and put it onto being grateful for the blessings he does have. Technology offers a convenient delivery system to keep him faithful to systematic gratitude during the day. Consistent thankfulness is key to our ability to weather the unexpected problems with grace and an overcoming attitude. In Daniel 2, King Nebuchadnezzar is terrorized by a dream none of his inner circle of trusted advisors can interpret. Daniel, part of the outer circle, is next up on the proverbial chopping block. Does he freak out with worry and fall into hysterics? No. Instead, he asks his friends to pray for the dream to be revealed. As Daniel sleeps that night, God does just that. Daniel then engages in one of the most beautiful prayers recorded in the Bible. All is well until Daniel is again put to the test 
when a decree to worship only the king and no other goes into effect. Daniel continues a lifestyle of prayer, even as he knows the penalty for his actions is death. In verse 10 of Daniel 6, we read that Daniel continues his thankful lifestyle. There, just as he had always done, he knelt down at the open window and prayed to God three times a day. Daniel was not about to sacrifice his systematic prayer life because of the decree of an earthly king. As you may know from the Bible story of the lion's den, Daniel accepts his fate even as God miraculously intervenes to close the mouth of the lions. While the results of our systematic prayer may not be this dramatic, prayer honors God, prepares us for when the apple carts topple, and models for the world what it looks like to trust in God no matter what happens. But the key is to pray without ceasing, as Paul states in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. And the keys to kingdom living are build a continual structured life of prayer that lines up with God's will for your life. And the doorpost is devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Colossians 4.2. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.